0: Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of Acast Recommends.
1: Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight (laughs) is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe, so come join us! Listen to us on all podcast platforms every Thursday, and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash 2 girls
0: hey helps creators launch, grow, and and monetize their podcast
2: everywhere. ACAST.com
3: Welcome to the Quick Stop Formula One podcast. My name is Nasha, and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Joining me as ever is my co-host and co-founder, Queen of F1 Punditry, Tandy Sabanda. How is it going?
0: It's what time at the moment it's like it is
3: half, half ten, half ten. I
0: mean, I've got so much to say, <laughs> I, to say.
3: <laughs> I I respect it, I respect it, and um look, we have got an intriguing race to break down today, and we've got some technical issues to break down today, yeah. and do you know yeah. what we have got the perfect guest for that, okay, guys, this guy. He's an aerospace engineering graduate, okay? Okay, this guy is he knows a thing. He gets and he's applying that knowledge to F one and he he just makes he just makes complicated things very simple to understand. He's got great F1 knowledge. It's so cool to have on the show today, all the way from America, Bryson Sullivan.
2: How are you? I, <laughs> I have to admit, I am responsible for the late hour of recording. So thank you guys for being accommodating.
0: No, no, no. It is fine. Um, Obviously, we're in we're all the way in America this this time around, so this is the times for you guys. And I was saying to, uh, to Nyasha before that, you guys have to get up super early normally to watch a race. So it must be actually very nice to kind of just be at normal times.
2: It It is very nice, but sometimes you get in this mode of just being used to getting up early. I've definitely been up at like 4.30 in the morning for free practice one <laughs> on a Friday sometimes. But uh, it's a little bit nicer to have a, a slightly more normal time frame this time.
3: I like that. No, I love it. I love it. And uh, I guess what would be really cool to know is uh, how did you get into F1? Have you always been into F1? It's always cool, especially, I guess, f- with the American fans to hear how they kind of get into it. And, you know, because uh, it's just, yeah, it's a, I think it's a, a sport which has taken its time to get over to America. But obviously... As sky would not shut up about has exploded in america quite clearly with you know with how the how the race and the and the crowd were today so how did you get into f1 bryson
2: what a what a weird story that is <laughs> i am not a normal person um basically the way i got into f1 was entirely by accident actually i mean i had been aware of racing in the past in general very cool but i was actually you know, convinced by some of my friends to go to a race in person for the first time. And that was my first exposure at all to Formula One. It it just so happened to be the 2005 US Grand Prix <laughs> that I went to for the first time in Indianapolis, which is kind of a famous race for a, n- a number of reasons. Um, but actually, even though that was only six cars racing and, you know, Tiago Montero was on the podium, the performance of the car stood out to me. The sound stood out to me. The the atmosphere of a race environment stood out to me, and I just kind of been in love with F1 ever ever since then. Really, I think I mean my my undergraduate is in mechanical engineering, and I kind of had a love for cars and enjoyed doing that. Um, but I didn't really push it quite as far until more recently. i would always kind of been a casual fan, so to speak. Definitely a fan of Lewis Hamilton from day one, <laughs> from from day zero, actually. Um, but, but actually the, the thing about it is it just has grown slowly over time. And I don't think it really has been until the most, you know, maybe the last year, year and a half at most. I really started to get into it at a much more detailed level and starting to realize that I can explain some things to some people that may not have a technical training or technical background. I'm by no means the smartest person about about F1, but if I understand enough of it to be able to communicate that in a way that other people can understand, then I'm I'm more than happy to do it.
3: Ah, that's that's super cool, man. A really cool a really cool way to get into it. And I guess once we've got you here, and as you say, when you can understand things, uh, we've had um, we've had a weekend. I would say of a, a slow burner of a weekend, um, and it's been intriguing all throughout. Uh, from from the moment. Mercedes turned up to travel. track, or we all told, we I say we, like we were there, we were not there. But the moment F1 turned up to Austin and uh down and Mercedes in F1, you know, being like a second, well, I think 1.2 uh, ahead of Max, um, questions were raised about the suspension. And, you know, wow, is this, were we looking at, a, you know, a DAS moment where Mercedes are coming with some kind of really crazy technological advancement and, you know, Bull wanted to investigate that. It turned out to be completely legal uh, and Sky seemed to wanted to make a big deal out of it. But I guess for those at home who are aware of it or who weren't aware of it, I guess what were Mercedes doing with their suspension? And, and I guess why was it a point of interest this weekend?
2: Yeah, so we we think about Formula One cars and we think about the aero that they have. The real reason why they have these amazing wings and diffusers and barge boards is to make downforce. But you only really need downforce in the corners. You don't need downforce in a straight line. Um, but the thing is, whenever you're generating lift, you're also generating drag. In aerodynamic terms, we call this induced drag. So really, any time you're generating downforce, there's going to be a drag penalty that you don't really want. So if it were possible to dump the downforce and therefore dump the drag on the straights, there's lap time to be gained in that. It's kind of why DRS is so effective. You don't we don't need the downforce. We can just use it. The question about Mercedes and their suspension is that, of course, all cars, when they're loaded with aerodynamic force, are going to squat on the ground just because the air is pushing them into the ground. What people seem to be having an eye for was the nonlinear way in which the compression happened. I think everyone's used to the way the car's rebound under braking because you lose speed so quickly it jumps back up. But what was kind of catching people's eye, I'm not going to say who it was on Sky, but was kind of catching someone's I, eye. I know whose eye it caught. I it's mean, a fraud, but we <laughs> we carry on. We we'll, won't we'll, we'll get into that right now. But what was how how easily it was collapsing at the higher speeds and how non-linearly it was collapsing. What I would say about that is, you know, this effect has been done for many, many years. And I think varying teams have used it to a different degree. The, the point that you mentioned about whether or not it's legal, as long as it's entirely mechanically or aerodynamically actuated, There's nothing illegal about having nonlinear suspension geometry and things. I think the question is, how much of a benefit can you actually get from this? Is your car's rake very high or is it very low? There's a differing amount of drag reduction you can get from doing this. And again, what you're actually doing when you allow the car to squat right on the ground is you're actually stalling the diffuser. So this diffuser, which makes it possible to have this incredibly fast-moving air underneath the car, if the flow is not attached to the surface, if it separates you lose all that downforce. And so instead of that happening by accident, they're doing it on purpose. What I think makes it a little bit hard is that you you don't want your diffuser stalling in the middle of a high-speed corner because you'll end up in the wall very quickly. So there's something about that that they're tuning to be able to actually stall the diffuser at a very precise speed, which makes it really a cool piece of engineering.
3: And, And I think it's quite cool with F1. F1's one of those things, you know, I admittedly don't could never explain what you just explained in the way you've explained it but i i really appreciate the technological yeah,
0: i i appreciate the more like engineering side yeah well. and it's very interesting very interesting
3: very and and, and yeah. i think it's, it's the way that you know the end these engineers are constantly pushing to, uh, like, yeah adapt yeah exactly I think it's just yeah, yeah I think it's incredible um, uh, and and I think you know again it's just cool to see Mercedes you know doing something you know to try and, and to try and get an advantage I think especially considering you know they, they, they haven't brought any upgrades I, I guess it'd be cool to get your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on the philosophies of the two teams this year with regards to upgrading you know Red Bull I guess pretty much up until um, uh, gosh, uh, Sandfort maybe, um, or maybe even beyond that. Um, we're bringing updates to the car. Uh, Mercedes, I think, had one upgrade in Silverstone, and that was it. Um, and you know, their their whole thing has just been trying to get the car in an operable window. Um, but what I guess, what are your thoughts on the two approaches? Do you think? Do you think Mercedes? have thrown this championship do you think they're you know they're right to concentrate on next year what's the risk reward for you in that sense
2: yeah i i was definitely the first in line to complain audibly about mercedes focusing on 2022 i was extremely peeved by that um but i understand the the calculus that they're using to try to maximize the overall number of championships they can win That being said, they didn't really give up on 2021. They actually have brought some things. They were testing out a a new front wing in, in Sochi and Turkey a little bit as well. But what I have noticed about the philosophy difference between Red Bull and Mercedes, Red Bull seems to be interested more in constant incremental developments, and Mercedes seems to be interested in a fewer number, but potentially more impactful developments. As you can remember, and when we were watching this championship in in Austria, in Austria one, Austria two, watching Red Bull waltz away with speed, just just tremendous speed. Mercedes wasn't even close. And then in Silverstone, they won the traditional pole. Those would have gotten pole if it was an actual normal qualifying. But they were actually really quick, and they've been much more on the pace as time has gone on. So what I what I think I'm seeing from Mercedes is. It is true that they're not bringing developments with the same speed and, and consistency that Red Bull is, but it seems like the ones they're actually bringing are having a bigger impact on their effective race pace. And even this weekend, you mentioned the the second potentially of speed advantage that Mercedes had over, over Red Bull and qualifying in qualifying and practice one. There are at least two things going on there that I think are important to talk about. Number one, Red Bull was having some serious uh, setup issues in the first session of of, of this race weekend. That they seem to have gotten their hand handle on on Saturday morning, and then in qualifying going forward, they've just had excellent pace ever since then. However, yeah. we know that the bumps at Coda are a serious problem. You know, Red Bull had a, a cracked rear wing, I think, in, in yeah, earlier practice that they had did. to fix. Mercedes was their cars were getting beat up as well. So they actually, Mercedes deliberately made the choice to beefen up certain parts of their car and to maybe even increase the ride height a little bit in the car to allow it to not take so much of a beating from the from the curbs and the bumps. And effectively, that that loses you lap time. Running the car lower allows you to have more downforce. All other things being considered, and so you're kind of trading uh, reliability for performance, effectively. Rebel seems to have gone more on one side of that balance than uh, Mercedes has.
3: Yeah, um, I've looked, Andy. I know you also were pretty vocal um, about the uh, the lack of upgrades. Um, <clears throat> do you think? Do you think it's going to come back to to haunt Mercedes, or do you think? Do you think they've got it in hand?
0: I think we got a bit cocky, didn't we, guys? We got a bit. <laughs> Got a bit too big for our boots, you know. At first I was like obviously really like, oh yeah, you know, my guys, look at us. We're not doing any upgrades. (laughs) This is one I didn't actually quite understand until Bryson's actually just explained that the benefits of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, and then throughout the season I was like, This is a bit mad. We could have done some upgrades. (laughs) You know,
2: <laughs> and I want them. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I want more upgrades. I, yeah. I just I understand uh, the thought process that they're, they're going through. And again, if you had told me at the end of the first day of winter testing that the W12 would be as competitive as it actually is today, I would not believe you. I yeah. wouldn't believe you at all. They've, they've made agree. tremendous strides in making a car that actually can compete with the Red Bull that's being developed continuously. So that's, that's something.
3: Yeah, I think so. And I, essentially, we're looking at a team that I think we'll will get to the end of the season, and I think Mercedes will still not know how to set up this car. I think the, I think the, what's unfortunate is they designed, They probably had something in mind for this year, and then the regulation change with the right with the rake has really just. I think caught them, I wouldn't say off guard, but I I would, I would say that the, you know, the, the detriment to their setup is, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Mercedes struggle from session to session with setup as they have this season track to track tracks, which were traditional Mercedes walkovers, you know, really struggling. And I guess that brings us quite nicely to this weekend. So for those of you who, obviously you're, you're tuning in at home. Welcome. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, give us a rating on Apple. You guys will be aware that Max Verstappen has taken victory at the US Grand Prix. You can tell that Max Verstappen took a win because it's taken us 15 minutes to acknowledge it. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but he did win today. It was, I would say, And look, you know what? Yeah, I want to address a a couple of things. One, okay, Twitter seems to have it in mind that I'm just this absolutely, like, fanatical Hamilton fanboy. I am, okay? I am, I am, (laughs) I am. That is true. That part is true. But I can be objective. And and, And yes, we will say nasty things about Mags and Red Bull because we don't like them. But what we can say, and what I will say, is today was probably the most impressive I've seen for Um And I, I would say that Austria, obviously he was impressive, but I think there was a very clear car advantage. I, I do think they had a car advantage today. I think it was a lot closer, but I think for him... I guess, setting the scene, you know, he's jumped to the start. He's then, you know, hounding Hamilton. He's obviously quicker on the medium tyres, staying within seven or eight tenths per second. Red Bull pit him early onto hards. Uh, he opens up, a, uh, by the time Hamilton comes in, uh, he's opened up, I think, around a, a six, maybe six or seven second gap. Um, and then uh, he, Hamilton starts to eat into that gap. Uh, He gets to within uh, maybe two and a half seconds, two seconds, and Red Bull pulls the trigger again on lap 30 or 29 or 30, uh, essentially leaving him uh, with 26 laps to do uh, the rest of his stint on hards. Mercedes uh, don't pull the trigger until uh, I think lap 39 or so, 38, 39. Um, So they have a uh, nine-lap offset. And the plan is to close down what was uh, a seven-second gap uh, to Max. Uh, They were thinking it was going to happen in the last three laps. It doesn't happen. The gap gets close. It gets close. At some points, Max, I think, uh, opened up a little one-tenth here, two-tenths there. Lewis obviously struggling in the dirty air and never actually able to get into DRS at all. Uh, in that last stint um, which was uh, not expected and Max takes a win so Tandy I'll come to you I I know what your thoughts are we've we've had our own little cry before we came online but um, but Bryson how impressed are you with with Max and I think and Red Bull as well today
2: yeah, if you, starting with Red Bull, if you think of how far off the pace they were at the beginning of the weekend, to come back and be that good is, is pretty impressive. As far as Max goes, this is this is Lewis Hamilton we're talking about, chasing you down with fresher tires at the end of a race with a championship on the line. That's that's pressure, right? I promise you, yeah. nine time, nine drivers out of ten will fold in a situation like that. They will make a mistake. They yeah. will lock up. They will do something and Lewis will beat them. Lewis will beat them that he's done it so many times before. And <laughs> if there was even a sniff, a little, a little hint that he could get him, he, he would have gotten him for sure. So yeah. yeah, Max, Max did, did a great job today in terms of, of not only having the, the pace advantage that you said, but working within the strategy, but actually fending off the pressure that Lewis put on him. That, that's pretty impressive.
3: I, yeah, it was very, very impressive. Um, Tandy, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm looking at our Twitter right now and uh, it's going off as per usual. Thank you, everyone, for the, your interaction over this weekend. We we love it. Um, a few messages about the Mercedes strategy. Um do you think that there was any more that Mercedes no. could have done today? No. No. <laughs> no.
0: Guys, yes. Sometimes we can blame strategy. This time round, guys, let me swallow my pride <laughs> and say we had two very good drivers and the outcome was a good driver with good strategy and we simply couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Sometimes not every it's not every day you blame people because then we become those people. We yeah, become those I like people who, oh god like we become man united or like do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's for the United fans.
3: Sorry, Bryce. I don't know if you're into
0: soccer. <laughs> no, i guess.
2: no. I, I'm learning so much about the yeah. UK. I, I saw that uh, that Jeremy Clarkson interview with Lewis from 2013, where he was saying, "Oh, you know, you're going to Mercedes. Isn't like, that like going from, you know, Man United to West Ham?" Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. I mean, ironically,
3: well, like Mercedes. West Ham are now good and Man United are crap.
2: So. <laughs> Listen it, it, things things come things come around and they and they go around. But what I what I would say about the strategy is th- this was a race that was won by the finest of margins. You you think it was yes. won by like 1.1 seconds. No, that's not true. Okay. It was won by less than that because if Lewis had gotten ever so slightly closer to to Max, he would have been in DRS range. So this race, this race was probably won by two or three tenths, if you actually get down to it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I've just been tweeted. Tomo just said many L's were taken on the predictions front. Um, I I took an L because I predicted a Lewis win. Oh, I don't want to know that now, bro. Don't, I'm I'm recording a podcast, bro. Thank you for letting me know. Big up, Tomo. Um, but Tomo's, Tomo's, yeah. He is great, he is so good uh and I believe we'll keep that in tuck. but I'm pretty sure he's on next week but yeah um so um yeah we uh, mercedes i for me, I've come on this show, and I have said it mercedes strategy, I think, has cost points this season, I think back to France and not, yeah. you know, the undercut was, you know, was quite clearly on for, for Red Bull and, and not kind of factoring against that. I think um, I, there's been a couple of tyre decisions. Uh, there's been pit stops which have gone wrong. Uh, there have been times where I feel like, you know, Mercedes as a team have dropped points for Lewis. Today is not one of those days, guys. It's not one of those days. In fact, today I was so impressed with what looked like Mercedes had a strategy. They knew, okay, if Max pits early, we're going to go long. We're going to offset, you know, it would have been very easy for them to jump in, uh, and, you know, and try and basically cover off Max, uh, and, you know, and try and go strategy for strategy. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, people would have gone at them for, for doing that, you know. Uh this strategy, I think on paper was the strategy which which was the one that was gonna yeah. work. Um but that Red Bull car and Max is and Max is not someone who's known for tire preservation by the way, but he yeah. quite clearly kept tires in the bank to be able to keep uh those couple of tents that he pulled out here and there uh in the last three laps absolutely saved him from being put into DRS. And at the end of the day, you know, it is those two, three tenths that he managed to pull out between 53 and 56 at random points that
2: won him the race. I think. And, and remember, remember these are not normal drivers. (laughs) Max and Lewis are like really at the top of the game right now, just to give you a a feel for what I'm talking about. Checo finished like 35 or 40 seconds behind them at the end of the race. (laughs) So yeah. Granted, he he did have issues with his uh, drinks bottle, which I will account for. I'll say maybe 10 seconds off of his time will be due to that, the physicality of driving without drinks. But still, that's a huge gap. I mean, they were both yeah. pushing each other incredibly hard today. 100%. 100%. I, was, I was
3: actually
0: going to say Checo did really well today. What do you think about that, Nyasha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He done all right. He done all
3: right. I, I'm gonna give the water thing is a madness. Um, it is. Yeah, yeah you know, I, 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 these guys it's are. Hot. Yeah, it is hot. it's hot. You know, these, the sun. We've gone through it. You know, they've got the helmet, the balaclava thing, the uh, the under ovals the fireproof ovals yeah. the gloves, the socks. Like it, it, and it it's was and it was hot today. It was hot today in Austin. Not normally hot when we go to Austin, and uh, it was very very humid. Today, so you know, they're sweating a lot. He's very hot to have no water, it's obviously going to affect his performance. I think, yeah, even without that, I don't think that he would have ever been in Lewis's pit window. Um, I do think that the pace, uh, the pace of the, fir- the front two was just an incredible pace. These two really pushed the pace, and it's, it's happened so many times this season, those two when it's those two at the front uh you know in normal conditions they they're pulling away and and they're uh you know they they're doing what needs to be done so uh, i guess um having said all of that um uh, what does this mean this is uh, for me i'm not going to lie like i'm hurting a bit I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. I think the team did well. I think the team done everything they could have, but it feels a bit like how I felt after Austria. And I'm like, if we can't win, I mean, because that was different because of the pace, but it just feels like we put everything into this weekend.
0: We really needed this weekend.
3: Yeah. Because we're now going into Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. We're going into Mexico. Big, uh, big Red Bull stronghold. um Do you think Mercedes? Do you think the W twelve will be able to do what Red Bull have done, and I guess thrive in a Red Bull circuit? Characteristic? Yeah, I,
2: I hear that. It's an interesting thing. I haven't been doing enough bookkeeping to see where our predictions are and where the actual teams are. It seems like in almost every case. Red Bull seems to be outperforming where we expect them to perform and Mercedes is usually kind of where we think they are for most of the time but either either they've been beaten by Red Bull that particular case Turkey I don't know because it could have been either person's track what I think is if this race especially has convinced me just just throw the historical things out the window yeah just just forget it don't 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 invest your time your energy <laughs> into it anymore we have enough data at this point to know those historical things aren't really representative anymore. The dynamics of this championship with the aero changes, but also with the change on the power unit side from Honda and Red Bull, we just, we just don't know. Yeah. So I, I would say turn up to each individual race and think about winning each individual race as a race. Don't make any assumptions about what we should have and what we can't have and what's ours and what we deserve for keeping track. It seems like the correlation this year has been worse than any other year, which is fun for a championship, but it yeah. makes it a little bit more nervous for some of us.
3: Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Tandy, keeping the faith.
0: <laughs> Tandy. <laughs> Today, I'm very down. Yeah. Like five more races. Yeah. How many points we hand are we? Twelve points. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? My goat is my goat. Yeah. Whatever happens, this is Lewis Hamilton. A legend amongst us. Yeah. Broken records. During the season, yeah? we have got to keep the faith, guys. However, it's not coming home, guys.
2: Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa,
3: wait. Whoa. This is
2: unbelievable. I'm, just, I'm
0: trying. I'm trying. <laughs> here, here,
2: here's what I will say. Here's what I will say about this. I understand uh-huh. where you're coming from, Tandy. I, I hear you. Uh-huh. But here's what uh-huh. I will say. You can't bet against Lewis Hamilton, no, right?
0: Because here's the thing about
2: this. Here's the thing about this man. He's kind of he's kind of inexplicable, really. There's no he. He's far better than I can have any rational explanation to explain why he's as good as he is, and he has no give up in him. He just doesn't have it. If there's any chance yeah. whatsoever to even kind of grasp a championship, he's going to do it. And historically, he gets better as the season goes on when the championship is closer. Remember, we're late in the season. There could be retirements. There can be clashes. There can be any number of permutations of the things that can happen to swing the championship one way or the other. The 12 points sounds like a lot, especially when the cars are running as consistently as they are. But the fact of the matter is, this is an extremely close championship. It's one of the closest we've had in a very long time. You, you can't count your boy out. you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta have it.
0: Oh, forgive me. team Logan, forgive me. I'm just you know yeah, how dare I say that guys? I'm not, I'm cut not cut saying out. it's
2: easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just how
0: I'm just dare saying. I say that? But yeah, it's um it's a scary time. But as I said, my goat still stands, and we we go again. We go again. With that, I'm going to say we're not blaming anyone.
3: Yes, I think I think that's it. Yeah, I
0: think that's
3: it. I think there's I don't think there's anyone.
0: I refuse to, to hear anything about strategy or like yeah anything. I think you was, was what it was.
3: Look, we've we've this season we've seen this guy reach 100 pole positions. Mm. Okay, we've seen this guy reach 100. Uh, 100 wins. Mm -hmm. You know, his career is solidified. You know, and even look. Let's say it doesn't happen this year. I'm not that I'm saying it is not going to happen. I will never say that. But I have said that. But I'm not saying it again. Let's (laughs) say it doesn't. Let's say it doesn't happen this year. It doesn't diminish Hamilton at all, and it doesn't diminish who he is as a racer. I don't think. I think break magic aside, Imola, um, and oh yeah, I mean break magic twice has happened, hasn't it? But like, you know, I'm trying to think of. Pure and then hitting the wall of the pit wall in Russia. I think
2: uh, there's so few things. That the only thing I think of yeah. is in Bahrain at the very, very end of Bahrain, he did go a little bit wide in one corner, maybe, mm. but we forgot about it immediately. Oh,
3: yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'm talking pure Lewis Hamilton mistakes are few and far between. This championship, if it is lost, will not be lost because Lewis Hamilton is not the greatest driver of all time. Okay. And I'm, sh- I'm, I'll put everything. If he doesn't win it this season, tell somebody. next season is it's long for you, man. It's yeah. absolutely long for you, man. So, these no types of
0: Mr. nice guy. No,
3: next <laughs> no, 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 no. no what...
0: Mr. Nice Lewis.
2: What I was going to say is that these, these types of championships where, you don't have the kind of pace advantage that you would have otherwise really show just how good a driver actually is. When you you see, I mean, look, Valtteri is, he's been better of late for sure. But the the differentiator between a good driver and like a legendary driver is the ability to drag results out of inferior machinery. And when the machinery is really not there, people who are very, very good, but not great, they just fall down the order. Where, where did Valtteri finish today? Like 10th, 9th? He, fin- he,
3: um, he did finish 6th in the Six. end. Um, he, he,
2: he made he made some places up in the end. But, but yeah. what I'm saying is that there's, there's no way that he was anywhere close to where I would say Lewis could have been if he had started in the same position. Great drivers pull results out of bad cars.
3: Yeah. And I and I think Lewis has done that repeatedly this season. Um I think he's had a worse car than Verstappen for the majority of the season. I think there's been times when the, the pace has definitely been better. I think this weekend, I would say Red Bull probably had a slight pace advantage, although on the hard tyre, we just, yeah, it seemed like Mercedes, you know, really did have some pace there, but enough pace to overtake and, you know, have that real offset of pace, who knows. But um, look, I guess let's go into it. I'll go to Tandy first. And then you, Bryson, um, Tandy, star of the day. Um, who's your star of the day?
0: Yuki Tsunoda. Ah,
3: oh, let's give a little round of applause yeah. for Yuki. You know, I it was happy with Yuki.
0: Saw my boy go in. Got top ten. Where did he end up finishing? Top ninth.
3: Uh, he was ninth. He was ninth.
0: Yeah. I'm proud of you, Yuki. I'm proud of you. You know that. Proud of <laughs> you. Proud of you. Proud of you. <laughs> little little pat on the back. You know. Yeah. I'm really been about UK. I'm really worried about him. <laughs> really Worry about him. Um, and he's just had like a couple of really really shit races. He finished. Yeah. And showed them exactly why he was hired. So, good on UK.
3: I, th- I yeah, I cool. think I, I think Yuki last couple races actually. I think he did well in uh, Turkey. Uh, I think he fended off from Hamilton for quite a long period of time in Turkey. Oh, yeah, I, I good, do remember that. Yeah, good, good defensive skills. Uh, yeah. I think he qualified to he got into the Q three again uh, this weekend um, and had a really strong race. You know, um, and he is slowly but surely coming into his own um, yeah. and. It takes time you know he's a rookie probably you know the least uh least single car experience of of the rookies that have come through um yeah, i hope he
0: enjoys the states you know, yeah a couple of little trainers get
3: Okay, you hope he's had some retail therapy a long time ago. Um, um Bryson, uh, thoughts on Yuki Teno this season, uh, his talent and, and yeah, where do you, where do you think? Uh, what, what do you think of Yuki?
2: I would be lying if I said that I've had f- complete confidence in Yuki for the entire season and, yeah. and I think he himself would agree with that statement as well. I think... He obviously has potential, but whatever it is, it just seems like it's taking more time to kind of bring out of him. I definitely think that he had a better weekend this weekend. Um I definitely think that the influence of Alex Albon is actually helping. I It's shocking that it could help so quickly, but I, I actually do think that having Alex in his corner and telling him what he needs to hear, not only technically, but also just as a friend, is a very useful thing. Um I actually think that the 2022 cars may actually suit some of the newer drivers more than the current F1 cars. What I mean by that is the F2 cars are like heavy. They have less downforce. They're still very, very quick, but they aren't quite, they're nowhere near as performance as the current Formula One cars. The next generation Formula One cars are still going to be far faster than F2, but they're going to have less grip. Right, they're, if they're going to make up the lap time, they'll do it in different ways in the current cars. I'm not going to have the extreme cornering loads that we see right now. They're still going to be extreme, but not quite so much. And the tires are going to be the low profile tires with the bigger wheels, which F2 has already been running for a while. So I actually have reasons to believe that Yuki and, and Mick Schumacher and whoever else is running is currently a rookie I don't care about. But whoever these people are, they will have a better chance. They will have a better time potentially with next year's cars than they are with with the current year's cars. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. And as as far as, you know, who did the driver of the day, you know, realistically speaking, you know, Max drug a result out today. He should have lost in terms of strategy and things. He should have been beaten by the seven times champion and and he fought it off. So good for him. I'm not going to say his driver of the day because I'll get massacred on Twitter but I, I, I will say, I will, <laughs> I will say, uh, Checo, um, because I think we know firsthand how hard it can be to drive one of these cars in a physically demanding situation with no drinks bottle. I mean, we saw Lewis on the podium in Hungary, he could barely stand. Yeah. And that was, and that was, that was hungry. It was like raining earlier. Yeah. So to do that same type of thing, uh, in Austin when it's hot is, is admirable. And you got a lot of valuable points for the team. I've always backed Checo as much as I can. I didn't mention before, but the people who actually convinced me to go to the Indianapolis Grand Prix in 05 were Mexican friends. Some of my uh-huh. friends that are Mexican, very fanatic about, fanatic about formula one. They could not say, I could not say no to them. They wanted me to go. And I just never looked back. So I, I do always try to back Mexico and Mexican fans when I can. And I think Checo's doing good. I think so.
0: I think Checo's doing good too, like you, Nyasha. Do you think Checo's doing uh, good? Uh,
3: he's had he's had a really good couple of races. Uh, I think he's been unfortunate with uh, strategy and uh, pit uh, as well. Yeah, I, you
0: I'm, I'm good not. No, I'm
3: I don't yeah. rate Checo. Yeah, no, you don't. Uh, really. I, I'm not a ma- but you know what, I didn't, like, Checo's got fans, yeah? When I slated Checo, oh, someone done this, something to me that I would love to do to someone else. So the, I I slated Checo after qualifying last week, last race, right? Because he'd come like seventh or something. I was like, when are we going to have the conversation about Sergio Perez? And then someone put like, remind that, you know, them, remind me bots, bruv. They're like, remind me about this in 24 hours, <laughs> and then the mother <laughs> and then he fought off Lewis, and then he ended up finishing uh, on the podium. So, and then obviously, he's had a good race today. So, big up that Checo fan who absolutely owned me. I, love, I can admit, I can admit when I've been owned, okay? I'll, hey,
2: I'll, don't, don't hate on remind me, but I have remind me, bot tweets for like a year from now. Don't even, oh, <laughs> don't even yeah. worry about it. <laughs> but I got I've, I've, it. Co-
0: I've got a couple was, Remind Me But a, now I'm definitely going to be abusing it. Yeah, no, I've got yeah. a Remind Me Bot on someone,
3: I think, about Lewis winning the title that's coming in on December side. And I'm like, oh, I can't find the tweet. I'm trying to delete it. But uh, no, uh, Remind Me Bot's good. Look, yeah, big up Checo. I, um, I, I think that if he can keep up this level of performance and that means qualifying third, and being up there with Max, and he's justifying being there. I don't think qualifying in seventh and then always having to do recovery drives is what I would class as being a good second driver. I don't think it's good when Valti Bottas does it. I don't think I should rate Checo for doing it at Red Bull. So um, that's my only beef with Perez. But I think overall, I think we can say it's been a success and they were right to to get him in. As opposed to as opposed to Alex Albon, um, is it my star of the day? Then uh, there's quite a few, you know. Um, oh, really? There is quite a few. I mean, look, I think you could say well done to. I think Charles Leclerc had a good race. Very lonely, but I think he he had a good race. Only finished he ten seconds behind Perez, so I think that's a good performance. I think that science uh considering he started on the softs and you know and had damage from his battle with Ricardo, I think did well. Um I am gonna give it to Daniel Ricardo though. Um because I think he soundly beat his teammate this weekend. And although he did do in Italy Um during the race. I think Lando had a bit more pace during Daniel in that race. And I think uh, you know, uh, they couldn't do team orders because obviously it would have been it would have been peak. But I think um I think this weekend he really does he did, you know, he's obviously he just he's loving Texas, he's you know, he's dressing up, he's got the handlebar (laughs) moustache, he's uh he's just like a walking talking meme, isn't he? Like he it's mad. But Uh, you know, I think, I just feel happy for him this weekend. I felt like the comedy matched the performance, and we're back at that level where it's okay for you to walk around like an idiot because you're actually performing at a high level, and um, I think fending off Science, who was in a quicker car, um, pretty pretty rough racing, but I think pretty fair racing in the end. Um, I'm happy for him, because I want him to do well. So... I probably could have given it to Charles Leclerc, to be honest, but I'm going to give it to Daniel Ricciardo. I think he is. And I think it it bodes well for the future. I think if Ricciardo can get to where we think he can be, then that Lando-Ricciardo partnership is uh, for next season, plus the Charles and Science partnership. I think, you know, you're looking at... uh, I mean, I was going to say potentially the two strongest, you know, we'll see how George gets on at Mercedes next year. But uh, yeah, you know, we're looking at some pretty strong driver lineups for next year. And um, how,
2: how close are they in points now? Ferrari and McLaren, do you remember?
3: Um, I'm going to get the constructors thing up. So when uh, I think it's, it's like a few points when science was behind Ricardo, it was one point, uh, one and a half points. Uh, but uh, at the moment, here we go. Formula one. Hopefully they've updated it. Uh, the gap is f- uh, 3.5 points. Wow. It's very close. I mean, Mercedes are still being um, Red Bull by 23 points. But yeah, three and a half points between Mercedes, um, Ferrari and McLaren. So that could go either way. Uh, my money's probably on Ferrari, the way that they've developed their car. I think yeah. it's looking very good. Tandy, are your thoughts? McLaren. My money's on McLaren. You think McLaren are going to do it? Yeah. Okey-dokey.
0: <laughs> Bryson? I know the boys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that Ferrari has definitely made serious progress with their new uh, energy store. That new, like, ERS update that they nice, had for the yeah. PU. It's really been solid since it's come in. Um, I still think that McLaren has a, an overall faster car. And because of the the way the points are, like, you know – non-linear it's more it's a lot more points for scoring a high up than you know lower i think because the mclaren has like the higher highs like the high the mclaren can reach is actually higher than the high that the Mercedes, than the ferrari can reach i think there might be one or two big results for mclaren towards the end of the season maybe jet in saudi okay. arabia that would swing the championship towards their favor especially if danny rick is uh Starting to feel himself, yeah, <laughs> as it were. <laughs>
3: uh, and uh, look, he, yeah, he is such good, like, just value for F1. Uh, so seeing him happy, I think, makes everyone happy, and I think that it's good. It's good to see him happy. I know, Tandy, you're happy, you're happy. If Danny Ricardo's happy, you I'm are
0: happy. happy, but guys. Side note, Bryson, I don't mean to offend you because you're an American. However, I just feel like the entire USGP rollout, the marketing throughout this whole week has been cringe. Down to (laughs) Daniel's cringy porn stash, down to (laughs) freaking everyone dressed up as cowboys. It was making me cringe, okay? And then. Don't
2: don't worry, you're you're not offending me. (laughs) It's
0: bringing Shaq out in that whatever the fuck he came out in (laughs) and then shaq is i was like what is going on
3: i I missed the podium because i was setting this up and i've I've seen pictures
2: it's extraordinary
0: handing out trophies he comes out in his massive car right
2: it was like like from mad max
0: yeah it's like a mad (laughs) max car and he's just being shaq because the dude's like freaking Aye,
2: aye, aye. I am BFG. Look, look, <laughs> look! All I'm going to say, point. we this is we're starting to get back into it. The first couple of iterations are going to be awkward. This is go through that teen phase and just once we'll, we we'll get a couple sorry, more I, GP under is. our belt, we'll we'll be fine. And, and just to, just to remember, I myself have commented on Formula One's attempt to incorporate american culture mm. and one thing is not only is there more than one america there are many many americas yeah texas is just one of them even texans themselves seem to think that what's going on is a, a slight caricature of their actual <laughs> city and stuff and yeah. state so don't look we're there's, there's plenty of cringe to go around all mm. of us see the same thing <laughs> the only thing i'll the only thing i'll point out is that Shaq, standing on flat ground was taller than Lewis on the podium?
0: I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, he was handing out trophies, and you know Lewis is always cool. With everyone saying so, you know, it, <laughs> broskies thing. Yeah, um, I expected everything that I saw from Texas was just everything I expected.
2: And um, I, I missed the grid walk. Did someone tell me that something crazy happened on the grid walk with Martin Brundle?
0: Let me tell you now.
3: I was actually. I'm very close (laughs) to giving Martin Brundle donkey of the day, yeah?
0: (laughs) Let me tell you this this right now, okay? Hands on my knees, shaking knees like a dash here. (laughs) Martin Brundle, yeah, let me tell you
3: now. There's a couple things, yeah, you do not do to rappers, yeah? (laughs) On the grid. You cannot ask a rapper to drop you a 16 bar, okay? You're not flunk flex. Okay, oh, he,
2: he rap battled someone.
3: Okay, he 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 asked Megan to like give us a rap, bro. <laughs> you can't ask Megan the stallion to uh, drop some bars, bro. Like, Megan? no, only me. I'm uh, I'm Funk Flex. I've got the bombs. Okay, like that's that's it. <laughs> no, you can't honestly. I was like, I was like, Martin, like, I love you, but Martin,
0: um, no, because I could sometimes you can tell Martin's about to say something stupid, yeah, it's it's like, oh, dad, dad, don't do it, <laughs> Megan Stallion. Megan the Stallion, I said.
3: Oh, you know what? It's the problem, here, They've got it in his ear. They've gone, Martin. That's that's Megan the Stallion. Megan. She's Megan. a rapper. She's a rapper. And Martin, <laughs> oh okay, uh, Megan, Me- Megan, give us a rap.
2: She's a rapper. She's a
3: rapper. <laughs> She's a rapper. Okay, we we'll give us a rap. You ask her about anything, mine, and then he and then he like trying to get an interview with Serena, and Serena's just like, she said uh, yeah, no I- once. Oh, uh, that Serena segment was really... And like, then really and then he, he tried that. it again, and he's like, no. Well, was just well, but here's like, the thing. But, uh, Martin's always
2: ben had, ben had ben some ben. incredible grid walks. They've always been awkward because they're unscripted. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's not that much of a surprise. I just, All I'll say about it is, is that I, I think here's a problem with what Martin did with Megan Thee Stallion. He doesn't ask, like, Seal to sing on the grid or, like, he doesn't ask Ben Stiller to act, <laughs> right? He's only yeah. doing this to her. There there's something fundamentally wrong there that I think a conversation, a, a fair conversation, maybe over drinks, could help could help him understand in that not every aspect of culture can be like broken down into a tiny thing that you can just spit out at one moment. Just let people enjoy the race. They're here for the race, not to talk about work. So that's my take.
0: And you know what, Sky. Maybe you would have got some bars from Megan the Stallion if you had young black people on the grid walking around. And so all these people, like Serena Williams, we really- I could have got you and Megan the Stallion bar. I could do that. A, a yeah.
2: single bar, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like a quick two bar.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> give you the most. That clip would have been viral if it was me.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some faces there. Yeah. No, okay. there were, there, there were, there were a, lot of, a lot of cool faces.
0: Overall, the grid and wall. I saw Young Thug, you know. I don't know if it was him,
3: though. I saw Young Thug. There was a lot. The Burner boy was there. There was obviously Chris Bosch who said he was a, uh, you know, Hamilton fan, which was nice. Uh, obviously, Serena, Ben Stiller, George Lucas. Uh, there was a as a bag of famous people, uh, famous people there. It was cool. I feel like Miami is going to be insane. It,
2: it definitely will be. And I, insane. you guys may or may not know that I'm from Miami originally. Oh, sure okay. came! I,
1: um, I don't,
2: I don't live there anymore, but I, I do go home uh, and from time to time. It is going to be pretty extraordinary. I think I'm. The thing I'm most excited about is for the wider F1 community to realize that. America of the United States is not synonymous with Texas, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm very, like they're not going to be able to like do these normal things that they do in an attempt to uh, pay homage to American culture. Yeah. It'll be a very different thing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
3: I feel like it's going to be a blacker event. Like Me and it,
0: Yasha are definitely going to make wait, it to my we're, we're going out there by
3: hook or crook. We'll be yeah.
0: there. Don't you, <laughs>
3: don't you worry. Like, I-
0: when we have to busk. Bruv. <laughs> i'm walking i'm on the
3: internet <laughs> you're I'm, gonna walk I'm on, walking under there. the ocean yeah under trust ocean. me I, i'm gonna build like a, a tunnel <laughs> I'm, I'm just fucking walking there bro unbelievable um so look uh my, my actual donkey of the day is not martin brundle but you're very close to it you know what? actually nah you hold that martin you're my donkey of the day
2: um bryson who's your donkey of the day I mean, it's Fernando. I'm sorry. It's got to be Fernando. Listen, listen. You know, Fernando is an incredible driver. Uh, no one will really question his his skill in a, in a broader sense. He gave Lewis Hamilton one of the hardest championship fights of his career. No question. Yeah. But the move that he attempted on Kimi... Was it Kimi or was it Giovinazzi?
3: It's okay.
2: okay. The move that he attempted... From so far back and he cl- so clearly outbroke himself and then just said, No, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this out. Let me just see if I can play around with this. And I'm like, Fernando, I understand that you are making jokes with the FIA about them penalizing and not penalizing people. You're doing your own social experiments to see if you're gonna be penalized. Don't don't push it, Hermano. Don't <laughs> don't push
3: it. <laughs> uh, oh, Tandy, um, Thoughts on Alonso. I, 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 I honestly am.
0: Obnoxious Severus Snape. You've come to ruin everyone's day. If I see him in the <laughs> way coming to ruin your day. You know that one teacher that used to just harass you in the corridor? Yeah. Coming... Mind minding your business. Trust. He's coming to tell you to, to put your button up or put like... your shirt in. And... You got you got homework for me? That's him. No, uh, he's comes he... to ruin people's day. There's nothing great about Alonso right now. Like he's just he actually gets off on it. He gets off on all this. He's a dickhead.
3: I'm sorry. Yeah, dickhead. I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm, I'm I, I sometimes, yeah. I will take getting canned on Twitter. I chat shit. Okay, I've run my mouth off. I'm a mouthy guy. I've got opinions. I understand. (laughs) You might not agree with that opinion. But when it comes to Fernando Alonso, that is the most unreasonable cooking I've ever received. Okay, I did not deserve to get quote tweeted detail because I said that Alonso, what he done in Russia was bullshit. And now we're back again. This guy... He's supposed to be one of the most naturally talented drivers we've ever seen on the grid. And his whole season now seems to be boiling down to some weird obsession with, well, he done it, so why can't I do it? What the fuck are you doing, bruv? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm sorry, yeah. I I cannot believe that we uphold someone who's doing this shit. There was no way he ever thought in a million years that that racing move, that move on Giovinazzi was going to stick. Just because he got bullied, okay, and Giovinazzi done him over before, he thought, well, I'm going to do him over now. And it's just like, guys, was it Jimmy or was it Raikkonen? I can't remember. I must have been Raikkonen, sorry. But, you know, you you just can't do that. And I just, I find it a bit pathetic, to be honest. I I just, and his fans love him for it. My goat doesn't do that shit. So if, that, if that's what your goat is up to, fair play.
0: You know, uh, he definitely beats... I it's really weird as well. Like, I'd really look at you weird if you were like, oh, my Formula One goat is Fernando Alonso. That's a I really good statement to say. I think it's sus. What, what's,
2: what's the closest Lewis has ever come to that? Maybe maybe Kimi, with Kimi Raikkonen in Spa in 2008. 2008. And, and he gave the place back. But he gave it he back and then he just done it over gave straight it, away. fully gave the place back, and I would say it was wrongly had a victory taken away from him. Yeah. Like, look, I'm I'm not British, but even I was like, come on, bruv. Like, come on, bruv. <laughs> like, come on, bro. What are you doing, man? You Fernando, that's never gonna work. So I I yeah. I hope he I hope he tries to be a little more uh behave a little bit more becoming of a champion in the future. I'll just leave it at that. He's
3: got no class. Anyway, Tandy. (laughs) Tandy, Uh, your your donkey of the day.
0: Hmm. Not so much a donkey, but like a R. Pierre.
3: Oh, okay. You sad for him?
0: I'm sad for him. Like, I, I, I did actually try and find, like, think of a donkey today, and I couldn't think of one. Okay. Um... But yeah, I was really sad about Pierre.
3: Um, he has not had some luck recently. His no. season seems to be going down the shit slightly. Yeah. Um, but he's all right. I feel like yeah. we all know the talent that Pierre has. Yeah,
0: that Pierre right. has. he is. And I guess sad. Pierre kind of being out gave us, for once, a week where we we haven't had a, a week where we kind of just love on Yuki
3: yeah yeah it's it, it's probably given yeah it's probably enabled although yuki finished yeah. ninth they're so already finishing the points anyway but yeah it's yeah. Uh, it, uh it's 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 good for yuki to get some shine where even was if lando
0: it's... today he was so quiet lando
3: was very quiet yeah. today he was
0: uh eighth i think um bear quiet and this whole rollout this whole week like we haven't really seen lando too tough like in quali yesterday
3: yeah, no. I mean, look, he was soundly beaten by Ricardo, um, and he uh, and today, uh, you know, he had that move, at, you know, in the beginning where he tried to, uh, tried to go around Science, and yeah. just, and then he got past Ricardo, but then Ricardo got past him, and then I think from that point just didn't really have the pace today yeah. um, to, to kind of affect. But they did not finish far off Science. Any Science only finished eight tenths of a second behind Science, so uh, probably close to passing science, It was obviously on older tyres. George,
0: where was George?
3: George... (laughs) Bruv! Actually, George Russell, yeah, was 14th. Right. I want to talk about his helmet. Right. Right. I want to talk about the helmet. I really want to talk about it because I think it's stuff like this, yeah, where... I just think F1 Twitter sometimes can be like a bit ignorant to people's sensitivities, right? Now, I understand that George Russell having like a fake sheriff, like sheriff theme, okay? I understand that it's, that sheriff's badge isn't just about like law enforcement. It's like, you know, a Texas Ranger kind of thing. And it's like an American thing but
0: what were you, you call was, him a fed i don't yeah, a... yeah
3: i literally called him a fed yeah <laughs> a
0: fed. What, do, what do you mean bro? like but You're it's I wanna, online
3: i called him a fed and like i want to you know because i want to explain it still. Yeah. i want i want to explain it because i think some people um were like a you know you know he's not obviously it's not like if it was a police it would be blue and you know it's it's like a dukes of Hazard kind of thing but like the whole weekend they were talking about as a new sheriff in town blah, blah, blah. So like the thing is yeah for a lot of people if you align yourself with law enforcement in today's day and age with how law enforcement have treated black people and you know with everything that we've kind of gone through in America especially recently and we go through in the uk it just felt a bit tone deaf for me i felt that i felt it was tone deaf. so on my platform i called him <laughs> a fed i could do that okay there's a reason why we have a platform is to be able to say stuff like that
2: i, I don't think you're entirely off off pace yeah, with that either it. um and and just to put some context to this you mentioned the texas rangers Texas Rangers have a history of racial violence actually. It's it's more complicated than people realize. Um historically it's been against Mexicans and Mexican Americans, right? And immigrants. Um that entire relationship is complicated. I do feel like there could have been a better choice made on George's part. It is insensitive, especially considering where the race was being held in the United States. I just think it's it, it could have been better.
0: Yeah, and the whole this whole year and last year we were chatting about Black Lives Matter. We didn't say Blue Lives Matter. Do you know what I mean?
3: Well, yeah, we definitely <laughs> didn't say that shit. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> here we are now, and we've got him dressed as a. It just wasn't well thought out.
3: It was really not it well thought, not
0: thought out. Yarning that day, it wasn't, yeah. and you know,
3: like you know, yeah, this is what we mean, yeah we get we get pissed off because we had, you know, we have this whole debacle where fine, some people don't want to kneel and George kneels So it's not like he's not doing that, but some people don't want to kneel. And people are saying they're doing their own reading and learning and they're doing their own work against racial injustice and whatever. And, but then you see stuff like this and you see like the, we race as one thing plastered next to this sheriff's badge. And it's like, how much work have you done for you to not realize that that, is incentive. or at best, yeah, I'm not saying it was, uh what do you call it, I'm not saying that he'd done it as like an inflammatory thing, but it was a bit cack-handed, like, do you know what I mean? And for, uh, you know, for for Williams to then just like tweet loads of sh- stuff about it, and it, for it to be part of like a PR rollout, uh, you know, and considering your your teammate next season is A, the only bad driver on the grid, at the most basic level, but be literally one of the foremost activists, obviously in the sport, but in the world,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, it just like smacks of ignorance. Um, uh, I hope Lewis sits in that. And next season, he will feel it. I think at the moment, he's probably quite cosseted away from that kind of stuff. But next season, he'll have no choice but to, to be in and around that and, and exposed to that. And I, I hope he changes.
2: I, yeah, I, I don't know all of the details and the dynamics of politics and things in the UK. Mm. I only know George as a driver, right? As as a person who drives a car, he has a lot of potential and his development ceiling is high. Yeah. But I agree with you that in order to mesh with the team that Mercedes is, the team that Mercedes has decided to become as a partner with Lewis Hamilton, discussions will really have to be had to at least be on the same page. At least be on the same page as far as what we're trying to accomplish and and what's the best way to do it.
3: That's really well put. And uh, FYI, in in the UK, we have obviously two major parties, Labour and Tory. Labour's more like the Democrats, Tories like Republicans. George no is a wait, massive. I, I,
2: I don't know. I, I have to have to disagree. There is nothing like the American Republicans. In oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, they are an, an order of magnitude and in a different direction. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, show, I'll
3: show you some
0: Tories. <laughs> and... I tell you about a woman named Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say wait, a, this, is,
2: this is not my area of expertise, but <laughs> no, I do have thoughts.
0: That's fine, is...
3: but like, uh, just say so you no, know, George. <laughs> George George seems like a massive Tory, basically, and it's
0: he those shorts scream tory.
2: yeah the khaki shorts name. scream you, you're tory. going after man shorts like that. I uh, I know. I don't know. <laughs> Look,
0: yo, you must be new to this. His
3: name is even George Russell. Scream yeah yeah totally. even his little thunderbird's face i'm telling you now anyway let's not get at george too much i love you george just uh sort your shit out so guys um we've gone through uh, we've gone through an intriguing intriguing uh us grand prix and uh yeah i guess we've discussed you know what's going to happen i guess
1: how
3: do i put this i guess Instead of, I guess, discussing, you know, quickly what we think is going to happen in Mexico, because, you know, we really don't know. We never know what's going to happen. I guess what I'll ask is, um, do taking Lewis Hamilton out of it, Bryson, do you think Mercedes have what it takes, uh, for the last five races of the season to bring the car up to, the pace of Red Bull um over the course of a weekend? Or do you think we're now settled into a bit of a pattern of the Red Bull being potentially between, you know, a tenth to maybe four tenths quicker, depending on the track?
2: I, I definitely think that the engineers at Mercedes are incredibly talented in working with what they have. Yeah. I think that a big part of the reason that they've been able to be as successful as they have been even now is not so much the upgrades that they have been putting on, which they they have definitely been doing, but running the car differently, running it with different ride heights, running with different rakes and and suspension stiffnesses and roll stiffnesses, I think they can they can pull out something that's marginally competitive, at least. But you mentioned leaving Lewis out of it. I don't see how we can. The only way that Mercedes yeah. can, can win that championship for the constructors and even have a shot of, of doing anything with drivers is because Lewis is an X factor. He, he has the ability, time and again, to do things that seem inexplicable, and for other people to do. And that's why he is who he is, right? So yeah. he's going to give it everything. Uh, I think Mercedes can give him a car to fight with. I do think this circuit dependence is going to be important because uh, altitude is going to be important for Brazil and for uh, for Mexico. And just the track layout is going to be very important for Jeddah. And don't forget, they're changing the final sector or the middle sector at the end of it at uh, Abu Dhabi as well. They're changing some corners to make it a little bit more interesting. So we just have to fight. Is what it really comes down to. Show up on the weekend, get maximize every opportunity, every practice session, and just go for it. We'll see where the cars end up. Can't
3: disagree with that, Tandy. Yep. What are you? How are you feeling? Are you feeling more
0: positive than
3: you were? Yeah, absolutely? yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I Definitely cool.
0: liked Bryson's like pep talk to remind me of the hell I'm back in yeah um so i feel like that is that um i had tweeted like guys i don't think it's coming home I'm <laughs> to tweet it. i don't tend to like like to delete tech like oh did you delete it i haven't deleted it yet but i think do you know what i've been thinking everybody who liked it i'm blocking you because you're clearly <laughs> it was <a> <laughs> it was a trap it was a trap it was a trap
3: Nice, nice i like how you shifted blame there yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not my fault between no, it This you, you was a test
2: This <laughs> <laughs> was a test
3: it was a test but you guys failed whoever whoever liked that tweet you, you guys failed, you guys, failed. Guys, it's this has been a absolutely lovely podcast uh honestly yeah bryson you you're calm and positive demeanor has absolutely Energy lifted me. Fantastic. Out of a funk because I was I was I was very sad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. That, that Red Bull performance we, this was, was a tough, scary.
2: This was a tough day for for Mercedes and for Team LH. But you just gotta fight. You know, you just yeah. gotta fight and you gotta take the chances until there's no chances left. Hundred percent. And you know what,
3: guys, we. I guess most of the, a lot of the people who listen to this, but I say we. I think out the people who do not support Lewis Hammond that listen to this blog. I you're yeah. bad. He
0: yeah. commented on our video and was like, "I listen and I'm a big Verstappen fan." Yeah, like, whoa,
3: I respect that. I respect
0: that. Because look, we're, we're not actually that bad.
3: We're worse on Twitter than we are on the podcast. But you know that that's yeah. just how it goes. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, look, uh, we support. The greatest driver of all time. It is undoubtedly one of the greatest uh, title races of all time. There's gonna be twists and turns. You never know. You know. Look at what happened in Hungary at the first corner. Look at uh, look at some of you know Russia and how that changed on the last lap. Like we really. Don't know, you know, there's hundreds of laps worth of racing, um, and we have 125 points up for grabs. I, I can never do the math on those things, but uh, there's a lot of points up for grabs, and there's only 13, uh, there's only 30, 12 points gap. So,
2: yeah, because Lewis got fast slab, didn't he? Yeah, Lewis got fast slab,
3: and you know, things like that are going to be important. Valtteri Bottas hopefully will be back up towards the front. You know, I mean, unless he has to take an engine penalty every race. I don't know what's going on with his (laughs) engines. Um, Every race. Every race. To be fair, Valtteri, you're lucky, actually. You've not got... I thought we were going to get corned this episode. But we're going to circle the block for you. But you're lucky because... Going through traffic is an issue for you. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like everything we've said about Valtteri, I, like, I feel like, honestly, if we talk more about this guy, people say we're bullies. But I, I'm i just saying, Valtteri, we, I saw the performance.
0: You know, we didn't shoot. We just, you know, cornered him. Yeah. and said,
3: I'm watching you. We're watching you, bro. Watching You're <laughs> under surveillance. <okay? laughs> um, but guys, thank you so much. Bryson, where can people find Uh, your incredible insight uh, on Twitter. And I know you guys have a Discord as well for anyone looking for uh, technical F1 uh, chat as well.
2: Yeah, I'm at uh, Natural Paradigm on Twitter, almost exclusively. There are a couple of other things that I do, but I'm almost always there. We did start uh, an F1 technical Discord server recently um, because there are a lot of people who love some of these technical things but have this hesitation of getting into it because it can be very daunting in certain areas, and I think we're just trying to make a space where if you have content, if you have expertise, you can share that with the people. Um, generally, people are pretty respectful there. If they're not, I'll <laughs> kick them. I'm a mod, nice. so I'll, I'll kick them. Yeah. Um, but if you have a question about, you know, stalling diffusers and and flexible rear wings, that's the place to ask. Um, I will repost the link to it on my own Twitter uh, after this is finished. So you can just check the link there and, and check it out at your for leisure.
3: Sure. We'll stick it in the um, in the description as well down there. So don't, don't worry about that, guys. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Bryson. That was absolutely lovely. I uh, really, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, thank you so much. Guys, we're going to go. Um, thank you for watching. Subscribe. We hit 400 subscribers the other day. That is sick. Joanne, I'm going to give us the, the gun horn for that. Because for the subscribers, you have to remember, we only started in March... Uh the first thousand subscribers are always the hardest on YouTube. After that is a lot easier. So we really appreciate all you guys who watch, who share, who comment. The little community we have, me and Tandy are honestly so grateful for it. Um yeah. it, we, we only like I said, we only started this six months ago. We're still figuring out what the fuck we're doing. But yeah. uh, the <laughs> fact that you guys are, are there every week. With the inconsistent posting times and the and and you know the, when I mess up with the microphones, honestly, we really appreciate it. Yeah so, yeah. so thank you so much. We will be back after the next race. Uh is it next week? Have we got a gap. Um, we've got a gap. We got a gap. Mm-hmm. We do have a gap. Yeah, we have a gap. So we'll be back uh, on the seventh of November. Wow, so we have got two yeah. weeks. Well, two weeks. Two weeks.
0: November. will be gone bit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. No, thank you for that uh, wonderful Wycliffe uh, rendition. But, guys, we'll see you after Mexico. Toodle Pip. Goodbye from all of us at Quick Stop. Bye bye.
0: Bye. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of Acast Recommends.
1: Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show, Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight <laughs> is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe. So come join us. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every every Thursday and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash two black girls one
2: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.